Hi, I'm Michael Williams, Artistic Director of Sydney Writers' Festival. This recording and the festival itself take place on the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to ancestors and elders, past and present. We hope you enjoy this conversation from our 2021 podcast series. I shouldn't be here tonight. It's Greek Orthodox Easter and I really should be back in Melbourne with my family. When the Sydney Writers' Festival contacted me back at the start of the year, I foolishly forgot to look at the dates carefully and therefore overlooked that this year the Gregorian and the Julian calendars differed by a full month. I had immediately said yes to the festival as they had invited me to be in conversation with Jessie too, whose novel, A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing, I think stunning. I wanted to spend time with Jessie. I wanted to be with writers, friends who I have not seen enough of in the year of COVID. I was so grateful to be in Sydney. Yet I think Jessie and my friends understand why I feel a certain shame that I'm here and not with my mother. She's ageing. I've long cherished the rituals of the Easter period, accompanying her to church for midnight mass on Easter Saturday, carefully sheltering the candle flame as we take it home after the priest has proclaimed Christos Anesti and we all return with Alithos Anesti. I look forward to the Sunday lunch at my mother's place where my brother and his family, my lover and our friends sit around in joyful communion, take turns breaking the scarlet dyed eggs that my mother has prepared. My mother is ageing and we don't know how many opportunities are left for this communion. Though I'm not religious, I have often been grateful for how the calendar of my parents' faith can bring me to pause and to contemplation. I suspect I'm not alone in finding it difficult to make space for such moments of serenity in this age. The importance of such moments of breath were made clear to me almost a decade ago when my father passed away. In the rituals of the Eastern Christian churches, there is a period of 40 days where the family attends the gravesite, we light the incense, light the candles and offer prayers to the dead. My father is buried close to where I live in Melbourne. For those 40 days, I would visit the cemetery, squat by the freshly turned mounds of earth, and I would speak to my father. They were not traditional prayers I was making. Instead, I offered words of gratitude for his sacrifices, for his fortitude, for his generosity, for his patience. I am privileged, but my parents are not. This is an understanding that I hope never to forget. It may be that living between two calendars, between two conceptions of time, has an impact that has seeped deep into my consciousness. Within reach, almost there, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. This last moral pronouncement by Martin Luther King Jr., which he adapted from a 19th century sermon by the abolitionist Protestant minister Theodore Parker, has resonated with me and moved me from when I first came across it as an adolescent. The hope is ecstatic, profoundly spiritual. It is the same exhilarating hope that I discovered on the dance floor in the late 80s, in Joe Smoove's phenomenal house anthem, Promised Land. AIDS and the threat of nuclear war were our realities. It was such a joy, such a release to be in the middle of a sweaty, sensual mob, screaming our lungs out, sisters, brothers, will make it to the Promised Land. That too was a form of prayer to those we had lost. But I live between this Protestant and this Orthodox calendar, and that space between the two is filled with doubt. I don't believe in paradise, nor on heaven on earth. 
One of the stories my parents told me as a child was that of the Mira, the fates, the three weaving goddesses who assign our destinies at birth. It is a myth that winds back all the way to the ancient Balkans. Ini imiramu. It is my fate, my mother would say, explaining her deep sadness at the wrenching cost of migration, a history that separated her from language and culture and faith and family, that separates her from her son tonight. I was taught that you can't unrun fate. It catches up with you. I'm glad I live between two calendars and two worlds, between two languages and two notions of time. I'm glad I am learning how to doubt better. I do sometimes envy those with certainty. Often I fear them. Maybe this isn't a time for tentativeness, for wariness. Maybe this is a time that demands outrage and conviction. But I can't write that rage at this moment. On Thursday morning, yesterday, my mother clasped my hand and said, it's okay, you won't be here for busker. You're a writer and you have your work. We all have our destiny. Her hands are rough, callous from the long years working on the assembly line and working as a cleaner. She once had the firmest grip. The strength of history and struggle and fortitude was in that clasp of hers. Those rough and calloused hands and that sacrifice is what made possible this gift of my being a writer. She can hardly squeeze my hand now. Her body is weakening and her strength is fading. I cannot wait to return to Melbourne to see her, to break a red-dyed egg with her. I want to squeeze her hand and hold it tight. That's all I want to reach for at the moment. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to and rate our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts.